This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Welcome to Essential NPCs, the podcast where we sample some of the best and possibly some of the worst tabletop RPGs. I'm Tommy. And I'm Addie. And you're listening to Series 7, Episode 3, If You Dare. And let's start off with an announcement. I'm going to be famous, guys. Internet fame. Uh, Addie is going to be on Twitch in a couple weeks. Tell us a bit about that, Addie. Uh, Sure. So the guys from RPG Academy um, have asked me to guest on their lawful and orderly Twitch stream, uh, which is Mondays at 8, and I will be on their February 5th episode. That's 8 p.m. American Eastern uh, (laughs) for all you listeners around the globe. Uh, Yeah. So come watch me make a fool of myself and I don't know, maybe get arrested. And uh, if you need a little (laughs) bit of a primer on their uh, Twitch stream, they have all of their back episodes. So you can go and catch up just like me and figure out what's happening. Yeah. So tune in on Monday the 5th uh, to see Addie live. And with that, I believe that's our only announcement. So let's move on into words with the GM. Hi. Hello, GM. Hello. Uh, This is Words with the GM about Series 7, Episode 2, Mint Condition, where we uh, make up for the lack of dramatic or action sequences in Episode 1 by having both dramatic and action sequences packed into Episode 2. That whole episode was just dramatic secret, dramatic sequence, action sequence, action sequence. I do what I can to make you guys work hard. <laughs> it's well, We're not working nearly as hard as you. I mean, this system is a little taxing on the GM's creative ability, what with the fact that like you have to come up with consequences and opportunities based on like what our approaches are. In combat, it's a little easier because a lot of times like if you're participating in the, in the fighting aspect of an action sequence, the the consequences are just the things you're fighting are going to hit you back when it's their turn. But like, you know, you have to like come up with opportunities, consequences based on whatever someone's approach is. And, and I can imagine that like coming up with that on the fly can be pretty hard. Well, wounds are definitely a great tool when you can't think of it of a consequence for something. If they might hurt themselves, that's always a great thing to give uh, give a character whose task is a little perilous. Uh, but I actually don't think that opportunities and consequences have to be this big hurdle that uh, a GM in 7C has to deal with, which I learned the hard way. Because when we first started playing, uh, I definitely wanted to come up with like a definitive opportunity and a definitive consequence for every single person um, and every single action they were taking. And instead, I realized that opportunities and consequences are things that you as a G- they're they're a tool and not a task for the GM. If you can't think of an opportunity for the life of you, uh, they can always use their raises to create an opportunity. First of all, if there's something they really want. And second, maybe they, the situation doesn't necessarily need an opportunity. Um, or you can say something like, 
if you spend three raises, there's an opportunity. And then see what presents itself in the scene. And maybe that delayed opportunity will end up being more important than something weird that you might come up with on the fly. Yeah, you, you kind of did that a little bit in this last episode, though, though we don't know what the payoff is on them yet because it happened near the end. But you did have like, now that I think about it, you did have like, oh, you know, if you spend two raises near the end of the fight, you can do that to loot them and maybe find something interesting. And same thing for uh, like Mateo. You said if you spend so many raises, you get some beneficial plants. Now, like I said, we don't know what any of those things are at the moment, but... You know, not, now that you mentioned it, those were those were kind of portrayed in a vague way when they were presented to us, and it was enough that like we're like, ooh, beneficial plants, that will be fun. But we don't like perhaps you as a GM didn't really know what that was going to be until then. So yeah, it's I guess it's a neat trick to to leave it open ended and then improvise when the time comes based on how people have been spending their raises. Yeah, that's exactly it. A lot of the times the players will give you a lot of good stuff to kind of like chew on, but they have to be able to give it to you first. And in a given scene at the very beginning, when you're presenting opportunities and consequences right after approaches, maybe you don't have that yet. So doing something like, and there's an opportunity with the ship. If you spend three races. Yeah. Or like at race two, something bad will happen. And then when it comes up, you're like, all right, what's that bad thing going to be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. And so uh, opportunities and consequences, they don't have to be these grandiose kind of ideas. And if you don't have an idea, it is totally cool um, and very useful to motivate your players, either with positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement uh, <laughs> to to get them to where where you would like them to be. Well, then I guess I only have one question for you at this point. What was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part was um, the cliff face. Just like every part of you guys interacting with that cliff face was... You mean like the fact that Mateo decided he was going to climb up Go behind. straight up? Oh my <laughs> gosh. And it's like so funny. I, I don't know. I just... It wasn't supposed to be like this really difficult, tre treacherous thing. There was a goat path, which was kind of supposed to be like a little slippery and, you know, get you guys up there with sort of like being wary about the weather and, and kind of what you might find at the top and like spend a little bit of effort getting up there uh but instead you guys were like no nope, we want this to be a dramatic scene and i was <laughs> like cool uh sometimes the players do the work for you yeah it's you know players always do what you don't expect and sometimes that just is them making things a lot harder for themselves than they needed to be <laughs> yeah um i had a great time doing that it was you know you always hear rocks fall you die but rarely do you get the chance to actually do <laughs> but what about you what was your favorite part uh, my favorite part was right near the end, uh, after Matteo got uh, poisoned, which, by the way, is hilarious uh, because he's Vodachi and Vodachi get like a huge discount on an advantage at, uh, to make them immune to poison. Other people have to pay more for that than Vodachi people do. Um, and uh, in in the session zero, actually, one of our crew members got poisoned, and uh, he was he was the Vodachi crew member, and we made fun of him a whole lot because he was like a Vodachi who got poisoned. And now it just happened to Mateo. But that's not my favorite part. Mateo getting poisoned 
while gr- hilarious is not my favorite part. It was right near the end when uh, we all spent like a million raises helping Mateo get down to the boat because he like you had him roll. I don't know if it was athletics or resolve or something, but whatever it was, he rolled like three dice and only got one raise and he had to do all like spend all these raises in different ways to get down to the boat. So we're all just like spending our raises to help <laughs> him do it. And, uh, and then at the end you're like, we're at raise one, Mateo, it's your turn. You do have to spend a raise to actually get on the boat. And Sean just is like, and the important thing is I did it all by myself. And then fell face forward, <laughs> like just, <laughs> just like the image of that was like hilarious. Just because, like, I imagine Mateo usually very, very composed and like you know a little, maybe even a little rigid, and just seeing, like, imagining him like, well, come on, then I'm totally capable and in charge of everything. Flomp. It was, <laughs> it was great. I loved it. That was my favorite part. Yeah, that's a great part. Um, all of you guys did really just amazing things with this whole scene. So hilarious. But uh, we have just acquired the mint and we have to make our way back to Nikki Amara so we can continue our quest to find the second idol. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I want to see what happens next. I'm, sh- I'm really looking forward to hearing some more of that uh, Galatis voice. <laughs> the best voice ever, you mean? Yar. Uh, so let's uh, move on in and listen to Series 7, Episode 3, If You Dare. Enjoy. I am Bastion Corazon. I hail from the Castilian city of Odysseia, home of the duelist tournament known as the Festival of Swords. Watching swordmasters all over the world compete inspired me at a very young age to take up the blade. Once I was old enough, I joined the Explorer Society as a means to travel to Avalon and study under the masters of the Skaldas Klisa style. However, earning entry to the Duelist Guild was not enough for me. I have spent nearly two decades since traveling the world, testing my blade against masters and villains alike. Most recently, I have found myself aboard a pirate ship, accompanying a man I consider a brother, Goodbrand Strandbella, on his journey to Numa to uncover lost artifacts. One day I hope to truly master the way of the sword, unlock his secrets, and eventually settle down and found a Duelist Academy to teach a style of my own making. Until then, I will continue to travel the world and learn what I can the way I know best. Crossing blades with skilled duelists brave enough to face me. Good friend Strandavella, and it is very good to meet you. Please don't be too alarmed from my appearance. I am a Skald Vala, a keeper of runes, a finder of lore, a protector of the legacy of Vestan Manavanyar. This may seem like a lofty title, but I promise modern Vestans appreciate far more the achievements of their fighters and their merchants. With the founder of a notable merchant's guild for a father and a mother whose dueling skills are renowned across Thea, I have quite a bit to live up to. Nothing made this more clear than my parents' obvious adoration of Bastian. Today I call him brother, but when my mother first took him into our home for training, I admit my jealousy of his easy demeanor and obvious skill with the weapon. It was this skill that cemented us as a team, working for our respective societies. For the first time, he has taken me away from my home country, on a path that may lead me to the fabled 13th rune, and with it, the immortality of my name. 
Ahoy, I am Captain Kirill Tikvintimovich, strongest man in there. <laughs> you believe? <laughs> Maybe strongest. Who is to say? My past is unimportant. Now, I am captain of the iceberg. She is a very good vessel, silent as the grave, and sturdy enough to sail in dangerous waters others won't follow. Excellent for smuggling. I make certain modifications myself after I steal her from Atabian Trading Company, not Kirill's biggest fans. About two years ago, I am finding Stowe, uh, who is nephew of Vodachi Merchant Prince, a man who hires me to smuggle relics. The boy is young, but sharp as tattoo needle. He pays Kirill well to pocket artifacts he likes uh, before they are reaching uncle, and so we are in business. However, coin is not enough. Everyone I am allowed to sailing on the iceberg has their uses. <laughs> Matteo di Caligari, at your service. You may have heard of me. Certainly my uncle is a merchant prince of Odaci, but I am constructing a legacy of my own as a renowned archaeologist for the Explorer's Society. Ever since I was a boy, I have loved to watch my uncle's smugglers deliver ancient artifacts from all over the world. As I matured, I loved even more to skim a few off the top for my own personal study. At thirteen, my uncle took notice of my mental, if not material, acquisitiveness and sent me to University and Lyceum in Castile, from which I graduated in a prodigious two years, making only minimal enemies in the process. After the completion of my studies, instead of returning home on Capitano Kirill's vessel, I stowed away to sail straight to the source of my desires, the occult ruins of the mysterious Sirna. By age 16, our mutually profitable arrangement brought us to Vestin Minavignar, where the Explorer Society connected us with the duelist Bastian, the Valaskald Gudbrand, and a lead that would change the course of our fates forever. The last time we left our heroes, um, they had just um, escaped the uh, waters surrounding the island of Nuama, having procured uh, the mint uh, plants requested by the warlord sovereign Galatis of the island of Nikiamara. They are about halfway on the return journey to Nikiamara from Nuama. What uh, have you done in the uh, preceding day? I will take, uh, not, not so much take the Capitan, but I will try to guide the Capitan to uh, Anna, the sheep's doctor. Um, I will also definitely take Mateo. I will not let him out of my sight. Probably keep a hold of his collar. Well, I, don't, I don't need your help. And I will shove him over <laughs> to uh, Anna. Uh, we will be ward buddies. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and on the way, I'll be like, Capitan, uh, uh, thank you so much for your protection during uh, the fight. Um, uh, that was impressive. It was fun. Yes. Uh, your your mohu, that I've never actually seen it in action, that is, that is strong magic you have tattooed on you. It flares up from time to time. <laughs> it was an honor fighting with you. But I must, I must recommend you have those wounds looked after. Uh, Anna, 
Yes. The Capitan has been mildly wounded during uh, some fighting. Um, Probably more pressing, I believe Matteo is about to die or something. He is... I mean, just look at him. Please, it is only a mild poisoning. Vodachi, we eat poison for breakfast. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes literally. (laughs) It looks like it's not agreeing with you this time. (laughs) Oh dear! Oh I'm no! I'm fine. It is everything is fine. I'm fi- I'm doing great. I will just stand up right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As soon as he starts retching, I am going to leave him in the capable hands of Anna, and I am going to go and uh, tend to whatever duties I am capable of attending to on the top of the sheep. <laughs> Got it. So Anna tells Captain, "There is a." Uh, there is only scratch, but uh, if you sleep off, it should be better. Here is self. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You always know just what to do. Also, here is vodka. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you. Ah, uh, yes. How many fingers am I holding up? You are changing the number of fingers. I can tell. You are. That is a, not the same number of fingers <laughs> from moment to moment. I am not raising my hand yet. (laughs) (laughs) You will lie down here. Until I say so. Okay. (laughs) Vodachi can't be poisoned. There are two here. (laughs) Pietro, get out of here. You are fine now. I only have the one bed. Pietro, that's my bed. (laughs) Uh, So uh, you are confined to quarters. For the time being, I, you're probably a little grateful. You feel very bad. Yeah. You've got hives everywhere. I would never admit it. <laughs> well, you are fine uh, here in bed in the doctor's office. Uh, could you take a look? I find this stone amulet on enemies on, uh, on Noama. Uh, do you know what it is? Here, put on these gloves and hold my eyes open. <laughs> I do this. <laughs> <clears throat> just a just a normal swollen eyelid. It is it is nothing. I uh, yes, I I look at these um, this amulet that he shows me with great interest. Uh, go ahead and roll wits and scholarship. Mm, thanks to the adrenaline from all this poison, I roll a bonus die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Four raises. This is an ancient item probably retrieved from the lost city, and it is inherently magical of some kind. You don't you can't tell kind of what. Does it resemble the uh, pendant I carry around on my neck at all? No, not not really. This is uh, the symbol of Potnia Agritera, the goddess of the hunt and war. Uh, very, very obviously, the stone in the center of the pendant is um, moonstone. Ah. Uh, and therein lies its power, you think. Though there's no way to be sure as you don't have any way to divine whether this is magic or not, other than you think from your studies, that it, it looks and sort of feels like it might be. Potnia Agritera, you say? Yeah. A Capitano, where did you find this? It was on the, the captain, man. Oh, he was just wearing this? This captain, he may have been someone very important. This, this artifact, well, 
you've been working with my uncle for some time, no? Yeah. He, he would pay a handsome price to have this. Although, uh, maybe we keep it just for the time being, uh, so that I can figure out what it is, uh, what it does. I know it's the symbol, the uh, one of the Numenari goddesses, uh, uh, Popnia Agritera. Uh, goddess of the hunt. Uh, although I don't know what it does yet, uh, this definitely merits some study. I'm fine with this. Things that I know what they are fetch a higher price anyway. That's true. Appraisal. Appraisal. That is what I am doing, yes. Thank you. I will ask you again in a few hours when perhaps you are have your faculties. My eyelids snap back shut. Uh, Gudbrand uh, knows that the captain tends to uh, steer the ship on his own. That's kind of his captaining area is from the wheel. Um, so I will assist in uh, as much as possible at the behest of the first mate uh, in steering the ship. Go ahead and roll wits and sailing. Wits and sailing. Two successes with one remainder. Um, so, uh, luckily the weather is very, um, mild, um, though you do sail through that patch of doldrums again, and this time don't have quite enough inertia to push on through. Uh, so slowly but steadily the ship does come to a halt as it's lost its wind. What has happened? Uh... Well, uh, I wasn't going fast enough to get through the doldrums this time, and she told me specifically not to uh, try and cut through here, and I did it anyway, so... (laughs) (laughs) I thought it would be faster. I was wrong. Uh, I will be the first to start rowing if that's necessary. Due to the armoring of the iceberg, uh, there isn't actually... It doesn't have the ability to uh, put out the oars, um, or better known, the sweeps. So uh, it looks like until you find a tow, you are hanging out. Or the wind (laughs) picks up. I I guess I I will turn to the the first mate and do whatever he says. Uh, If there's any sailing trick to be had here, I assume he might know it. Otherwise, looks like we are dead in the water. Don't look at me when you say that. I already know I did something wrong. Well, I mean, I... Yes. <laughs> but I don't blame you. I mean, I would have done it too. Well, sure, thank you very much. Time passes pretty quickly. Um, P, uh, the crew is staying active with um, fishing and um, trying to hoist the armoring uh, high enough that the sweeps can be a uh, road um but uh it there's no the jury rigging they're trying to do doesn't seem to be weighing well on the mast and they would never really make that call without the captain who is still in the sick bay but luckily uh on the horizon Gutbrand, you spy a ship acting captain later in a uh, ship ahoy out uh st- Two points to starboard? Well, uh, uh, we should signal them, yes? Yes, yes, we should signal them. That's what the captain would do. He would say, signal them. So, uh, yes, do that. I, I take a look at good Brandon, raise my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He seems pretty confident to me. Does he? Does he really? Dude, yeah. I am right here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
go swab the deck. Well, do you want me to signal them or do you want me to swab the deck? Swab the deck. All right, then. I'll signal them, I suppose. <laughs> yes. And you 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 shot the harpoon gun, right? I Yes. Yes, that's what's me. So just light one on fire and then... Is that it. the best way? Shouldn't we just use the proper the proper flag signals? Um, I think while this is happening, if I hear him suggest that we we shoot a flaming arrow to signal this sheep, uh, I think I will take matters into my own hands and try to. Uh, uh, I will uh, draw my blade and I will uh, use the reflection of the sun against my blade to try and uh, signal the other sheep. Are you doing this behind his head so that he can't see what you're... I mean, he told me to walk off and swap the deck, so I think, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sure. a little out of sight. <laughs> so I figure we'll wrap it in, oil, in like an oily cloth and then Shh. shoot it out into the sky and it'll like come down and they'll see us. Uh-huh, uh-huh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and what kind of oil should we use? Should we use the whale blubber or have you no, got something? No, no. Remember what? What if it brings more whales? Well, uh, the, well, at least the armoring will be up. We won't have to worry about the damage to the ship. It's a... What? No. The ship like will a, be more damaged. It burns brightly, you know? It's, the ship burns brightly? No. The, <laughs> the oil burns brightly. It's a good signal. Just lamp oil, uh, man. Lamp Acting oil. Capitan, it looks as though the, uh, the unknown vessel is uh is uh, coming our way we are in luck we do not need to waste a harpoon oh good they saw us yeah yes uh, somehow they must have noticed us even without your uh, very brilliant signaling <laughs> methods i call it a flare <laughs> hmm. i'm I, sure it will catch on someday <laughs> yes that is the craziest thing i have ever heard <laughs> my, my crab tattoo is tingling is someone doing something extremely stupid <laughs> <laughs> This is always true, but um, yes, they have uh, signaled uh, both from horizon. What? <sighs> Which horizon? I, I am down here with you, <laughs> Vodachi man. Well, how do you know this has happened? It is itching so bad. <laughs> You're telling me. I too am itching. It must be a sense of danger or all these hives that I don't have any of. I clear you to go up there and uh, maybe no kids. But you are captain, you decide. But professional doctoring opinion, no kids. This is all I need to know. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Thank you for clearing me. No. <laughs> <laughs> you stay here. But in case he follows my instru- my prescription, I probably should be upstairs. <laughs> she walks away. Can I see uh, what flag the ship is sailing under as they approach? Uh, yeah, it's a flag of the Bernoulli family, uh, who is one of the merchant princes of Vodachi. <laughs> Bernoulli. I can smell him. <laughs> if I could smell right now. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you say that was a Vodachi flag? Uh, yes, uh, someone might alert our young friend if uh, perhaps he might have some information about this family. Yeah, sure. I will go and inform Matteo of the situation of Updrek. Empress. <laughs> Wait, is that his last name? No, no, nothing. It's, it's nothing. Forgive me. Yes, Bernoulli. Uh, I unload everything I know uh, that is relevant and pertinent about the Bernoulli family. <laughs> uh, so they're primarily on the... Uh, 
eastern coast of Vodachi, and uh, they primarily have the monopoly on foreign luxury goods, uh, both importing and exporting. If you want something fancy and useless, go to the Bernoulli's. They also have other luxury trading items that they don't necessarily sell, but only give to those whom with which they want to curry favor and or owe for some reason. Uh, things like magical items uh, and uh, rare monster pelts and things like that are things that they um, crave to have. Basically. Take what my uncle collects and remove any historical significance or archaeological value, and you have the Bernoulli's. That, um, so on a scale of one to ten, uh, how much trouble do you think we are in with them? Would they be benevolent and just tow us to the next place where there is wind? They would be very glad to have me in their debt, I am certain. And if my suspicions are correct, Never mind. Not important. Um, I'm sure we could trouble them for a toe. It's just, it won't be proud. Well, that, that's okay. We don't need pride. We need to move. What are you talking about? We don't need pride. This is the Bernoulli we are talking about. I'll go see if the captain, or if the, uh, if the doctor will be willing to give you the permission to leave the, uh, the ward here. It looks like you can see out of one eye now. They can't see me like this. I mean, yes. Right, I am fine and well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. I will go and get them then. Uh, I go and uh, find Anna. If it's necessary, and Captain says so. Uh, Captain? <laughs> I think this will be fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I go and retrieve Matteo so that he may speak to the other Vodachis. <laughs> we will see how this goes. Uh, so they come up launch hooks and start like they just pick up all the wind they can drop the mainsail and try to pull you through and as you get a little bit of momentum your ships are sort of side by side um for a little while uh and uh on the deck is um giovanni bernoulli um the merchant prince's third son who is uh in his younger 20s um alongside a very familiar face to all of you uh Amboise Oizo. Amboise. Hey you're right he's there. I knew it. This is in fact the Caligula. If my eyes were not already pinned shut by my swollen eyelids they would be narrowed to slits right now. The the hooks um, are are hooks on the ends of long poles uh, so that they can kind of keep their distance but also pull you along as best they can. As they do, uh, you're within shouting distance. <laughs> <laughs> shouting distance, you say? Uh, and uh, at first, they they uh, the other captain sends a, a crewman over to to discuss uh, with with. Uh, uh, Captain Carroll, the, the, the trade element of what's about to happen. Yes, please. Welcome. Thank you so much for the repush. Uh, it is our pleasure, of course. We just have one small request. Absolutely. What can we do for you? We, well, we're looking for someone. And we were wondering if you might send us a message, if ever that was, to happen, that you came across them. 
No, who are you looking for? Uh, his name is Matteo de Caligari. <laughs> He's from Vodacci. The Caligari, the merchant prince family? Yes, but only slightly related, well, I'm told. I am in the area every once in a while. I, uh, I send word, absolute. Perfect. We are um, headed to Le Quai d'Aimane. We have an appointment with their queen. If you could just send word over there, um, I shall be most grateful. Also, do you have any valuables that you are willing to part with as your thanks? Uh, I'm afraid we've just come back from a, from a delivery. We are sailing a little bare at the moment. Uh I have this. I hand over uh, the pouches that I took from uh, from Duama. Assuming. Wait, do you know what is in those yet? No. Oh no. But uh, like even uh, I have I have talked dependent beneath every single layer of clothing that I have on my person. And I have thought ahead enough to at least pocket the insignia. I'm assuming there is only perhaps gold in these pouches. <laughs> Oh, uh, one should be more than sufficient. It was mostly a token, of course. We would do the same for you. You may have one back. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. We do have uh, some whale blubber from the north that uh, is almost spoiled. We did not feel good to sell it to the person we were meant to. Well, that's quite a commodity. Uh, we would be happy to find another buyer, even pay you for it. Oh, if you would like it. Uh... Time is of the essence. We're about to depart. I'm so sorry. Oh, it could be arranged. Shall we just toss it over now? I will send it up right away. What is your offer? Well, first of all, of course, returning this pouch, which is very generous. And then also, uh, we have... A shipment of mint that we're about to collect. Uh, and we would be happy to share that with you. It is quite the commodity. They have the sole control over it over there. Oh, that must be making them very rich. Quite. Uh, I'm afraid we've delayed long enough in the doll rooms, however. We uh, could not accompany you that direction. Uh, you you may take the whale blubber on a show of good faith for now, but... Please remember the name the iceberg, and we will remember you, Caligula. That is a very generous offer. Um, of course we'll take it. And uh, your crew brings up one whale blubber tankard? Yes, uh, one that has been removed from outer tanker. Yes, and, uh, and uh, they send it over, and um, uh, she swings back over to the other ship, uh, talks to... Um, Bernoulli and uh, Oizo, and uh, and then they, uh, as they're detaching, um, Oizo like finally recognizes Mateo. He's been like staring at you <laughs> for I've a been while, staring at him, like trying to figure out what you look like, uh, or like if you look what, like you look familiar. <laughs> and he goes, oh. <laughs> What has happened to your face? <laughs> what, what are you talking about? You look hilarious. No, I am 
I this I this is I what I always look like. Oh, I am oh fine. my friend, I shall never forget this. Also, thank you for the icon. It was very generous of you. You have something that belongs to me. I know you gave it to me. That is not what Thank that you. is a Merci mis. Beaucoup. That is a mischaracterization oh, of what happened. I cannot hear you. You are so far away now. And they sail away. And uh, Bernoulli and Amboise are laughing and chuckling. Bastion is having a chuckle as well. <laughs> Well, I suppose they did not actually need message of where uh, whereabouts of Matteo de Caligari is. Yes, I suppose they did not. It is just like that Empoise to join the forces with the Bernoulli. Well, oh, they I... are a perfect match for each other. <laughs> they roll around like p- pigs in mud with with no historical or archaeological value. Well, we did give them a cast of whale blubber. They, if, if their luck is anything like ours, uh, they will have a difficult journey to locate them on. Yes, this is very clever gambit. I wish I had thought of it myself. Yeah, they may find profits from this mint shipment uh, lacking. That is right. We, with, we can undercut their profits with a cutting of our own, uh, I say. Uh, um, uh, good brand. where did you put uh, all those plants? <laughs> Um, I took them down to your quarters. I figured you'd want to study them. Oh, you know me oh so well. (laughs) Uh, You're towed out of the doldrums successfully. And uh, from there, uh, you are... uh, It's smooth sailing, uh, so they say. Uh, I have heard that. (laughs) Having Uh, remembered that I own them, uh, I'd like to now look in pouches from from Nuama. Uh, so on the whole, uh, it is actually, um, seeds. Are these mint seeds? I say to the two members of our party who are intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) I do not know. Uh, (laughs) maybe we should find Mateo and Goodbrand. (laughs) I guess I would, uh, I do not, I do not think... Matteo can see these very clearly. I will go ahead and uh, and call Goodbrand over. Sure. Do, I, you, do you have any idea uh, the nature of these seeds? Well, biology is certainly not my specialty. Um, but if I had to make a wild guess, I absolutely could do that. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and roll with some scholarship. <laughs> So I've got three raises with one remainder. So you are certain that these are not seeds. Uh, They're shaped like seeds, but they're not. Um, These are not seeds at all, but uh, tiny pearls of black metal that weigh as much as a pouch of gold would. You don't know what the purpose of these would be, but you know that they're rare um, and certainly unusual. You're not exactly sure why that person would have this on him or what he might have been doing with it. Well, first of all, I can tell you that these are not seats. Uh, if you look at these, look, I and I... Um 
kind of like drop one of them into a pile of them. And if you listen to that sound, it's very clearly some sort of metal, but I have no idea what these are for. I don't understand, like for perhaps for measurement, they're all the same size, but that's about as much as I could tell you. They are certainly metal. And, I could, And we have two sacks of these? Yes. One from each person? Yes. Perhaps the, they are valuable. Well, they're certainly rare, I can tell you that. Worth holding on to. Glad we did not have to hand them over. So without any other business, you guys spend the next uh, day traveling back to Nikki Amara. I actually do have one small bit of business. Um, I want to see if I can plant these mints and also figure out what that those gorgeous flowers I got horribly poisoned for actually are. Okay, so let's do two different scholarship rolls, um, both wits. That is four raises. Uh, okay, so uh, you are able to plant uh, the mint successfully in um, one of the pots of soil uh, you left Nikki Amara with? Yes, of course. Okay. I am not an idiot. <laughs> and they seem to take root. Great. Uh, and then your roll for, uh, the flowers? Four raises. No, five raises. <laughs> so, uh, it takes you a little while to find, but you did bring your one botany book. Uh, so you are able to eventually find an entry, um, describing what you believe you have. Um, so these are Ephraim poppies. They are not supposed to grow anywhere but the southern portions of Ifri, and yet somehow they were growing on Nuama. Ooh, a very rare plant. Does it have any properties? Uh, they are supposed to be medicinal. Um, additionally, uh, you certainly know that the milk of the poppy, the, the typical poppy, is a, a popular pastime hmm. in many... Uh, a society and there. Um, this, however, is supposed to be more refined and harder to acquire. Uh, only a Numenari would keep their medicine plants right next to their poison plants. What is this? <laughs> uh, so you easily make port in Nikiamara with little to do? We want to go straight to uh, uh, Galatas, yes? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. No time to lose. Yeah, so you head up to uh, Galatus's palisade, and uh, again, you easily gain entry and are ushered into the, a building on uh, the left rather than the large dining area that you uh, were in before. Uh, walking through the gardens, you eventually get to a smaller round building um, with no walls. Uh, instead, it has... Uh, columns and a domed um, uh, roof. Agalatus is uh, lounging with uh, some minstrels playing playing a peppy tune. Ahoy, Lord Galatus! Yar, ye be returning already. A day early, hi. This must be good news then. I produce a uh, cutting uh, in potting soil of the mint of a tiny mint plant. Ye be impressing me. Thank ye, boys. 
You're quite welcome. Glad we could help. I knew you were the right ones for the job. So, what shall I be providing to you? A party, women, rum. None of the above before uh, uh, anyone uh, else can answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and... We, we actually have a more noble purpose in mind. We are explorers. Uh, of the Explorer Society, and I am sure you are no stranger to people coming and asking this of you. But I feel we, as we have earned your favor, we uh, do have the right to ask. We would like uh, passage and lee your leave to explore the labyrinthine catacombs and possible Numa and Sirneth ruins beneath the Kitamara. He um, looks visibly sort of disappointed <laughs> yar you be asking for trouble no one who goes down there ever be coming back can i not convince ye of something else perhaps a house a <laughs> ship really don't be going down there if there is anything we have proven to you it is that we are incredibly capable but if you're inclined to throw us goodbye party first. <laughs> <laughs> Your concern for us is admirable and appreciated, but we do have something that I am sure no one else going into your catacombs has had before. And I pull out a piece of paper. This poem. Oh, you finished translating the poem. Oh, I have been bragging. I mean informing everyone about my finished translation for about a week now, and no one has expressed any interest in hearing it. Wow, I must have just missed that. I really did not hear him ever mention it. Hearing what? I'm sorry, what were you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you could have finished it three weeks ago if you didn't have to make it rhyme. Well, it rhymed in the original text according to my understanding and the theory I ascribe to about the phonology of the Sirneth. Lord Gabbatus, we are... Approaching professional treasure hunters. We appreciate your concern, but would indeed like access to these ruins. If ye be going down there, ye must absolve me of any crimes against your souls. I am the gatekeeper of this city, and I be responsible for those who go down there. If ye be going down, it is against... My recommendation. This is very fair, yes. You have warned us of risks. We accept full responsibility, uh, but also we'll be expecting to keep full rewards of what we find. If ye be coming back, you can keep what you have. Benedicite, I absolve you. It is pleasure to do business. Thank you. Uh, Gutbrand is going to spend a hero point to inspire generosity. Uh, I tell him we are looking for a very specific item and any uh, information or uh, just bodily help he could provide would be very much appreciated in finding this item specifically. I'll not be sending anybody with you, but from what they tell me, thems that come back to haunt me, there's plenty of things to kill one, but the worst is those who them go down with you. Ah, a curse, perhaps. I not be saying yes or no to that. <laughs> Very cryptic curse, perhaps. Well, I don't much like speaking to the spirits of the dead. 
做。Only an Eisner does. Ah! <laughs> 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 well, we can make fun、ah, of them because they are not here. They are. They are so piteous. <laughs> they forget they have honor. Arr. That's Arr. coming from a pirate. <laughs> Yard. <laughs> This one is funny. I'll be missing ye. <laughs> Thank you. Before.、Uh, We do depart.、Uh, I figure,、uh, as we are friends, I like to think I should let you know、uh, your beloved Queen Sotiira. She is trading with the likes of the Bernoulli in Vudachi and、uh, the unsavory types with which Bernoulli associates. I happen we happened upon a a ship who was uh, trading uh, mint with who was going to trade mint with her.、Uh, If they were on our trail, they're about two steps behind. We ruled out Lacedaemon months ago. But even so, for you, you should know that Bernoulli is cutting in on your profits. I'll thank ye for that. If ye be following me, then he、uh, he walks.、Uh, he strides out quickly uh, to uh, to. Uh, A back building.、Uh, it looks like you go through like a necropolis, and、uh, then he he takes a, a key that's a part of a, a necklace、uh, that he's wearing,、um, and、uh, twists it three times and pulls it out uh, to uh, to a door、uh, in in the largest、uh, building in the necropolis and says, "If I can not convince ye to stay." Be careful. This be the only way in and out of anybody's knowing. There's no way to tell. Be careful, and whatever you find down there, remember, the ghosts say it's them who come with you, who are your worst enemy. I should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes,、uh, that is、uh, easy for you to say. Is there a very simple lever on the other side of this giant door for us to get out, or do we have to knock a lot to have you let us out? You know, I've never thought of that. <laughs> Maybe this is why no one ever come back. <laughs> Look at all these skeletons that are right here. There are no skeletons.、Uh, well. I suppose we'll be putting a new door in. <laughs> <laughs> Do not worry. As long as Kirill has hero point, we get through the door. <laughs>、uh, and he opens the door up and waits for you to go through. I will. I will take the lead. I suppose there is no time to waste. Down we go. So、uh, you walk down a long corridor. Is there any light in this passageway?、Mm, not really. No.、Uh, we came prepared. Well, before we get into complete darkness, I really think I really really think that everyone should listen to the poem. <laughs> I think it has never been more relevant. <laughs> oh yes,、uh, of course. You did just finish it. <laughs> sure, I'd like to hear、uh, what the liberties you took with the syntax. Look at this strange rock I find. <laughs> you, you just tell me when you have a better translation. I,、uh, I light a torch uh, for uh, Matteo to have good light for him to read his little poem. <laughs> This is a big poem. 
This bomb is going to change the world. We will put it up on icebox. <laughs> Before the gods renounced these lands and gave our fates to our own hands, they left for us sepulchres too, with which to light the world anew. The icons paired together show the path on which good men shall go. Light and flame entomb the shrine, under ice and snow the guide divine. The darkened cell contains the key, the pair's promise, the truth to see. Behind the lock, all hopes contained, the secret word within domained. Um, this it, is a very long silence. That was, that was quite <laughs> ominous. Um, good rant. You helped him with this translation, yes? Uh, yes, uh, what I could. In, I, I could not have done it. I could not have done the final couplet without Gudbrand's help. Uh, how many liberties did he take? Did he throw in more doom and gloom than is actually in the original poem? I think he might have actually lightened it up a little bit. Yes, in tomb was definitely a, uh, a nice word yeah. for what was in the poem. For sure, absolutely. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but... I do believe it connects the uh, the icon we found in Vestin, uh, uh, ice and snow, the guide divine, with what we're looking for here. Uh, the darkened cell contains the key. The pair's promise, the truth to see. If you do not recall, the pair's promise was the inscription we found on the idol that was stolen from us by him. Yes, yes, I remember translating that first. So you are to say this is dark cell. I do believe this is the dark cell, yes. All right, we find the key. At least now we know what we're looking for. If no one else will walk ahead, I have already lit, lit myself a torch. I will uh, go ahead and walk first. Um, remembering the tomb in Vestin that we had, uh, we had traversed before, I am looking for uh, any traps that might, uh, might poison one of us. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> Um, and you say it's just one corridor for now? Uh, yeah, you come to, uh, your, the door closes and it's just a very long corridor going presumably down into the mountain. All right. I will, I will walk ahead. And I'll follow closely behind. I will bring up rear to keep an eye on Matteo. And I will fit in the place that I most obviously fit. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, Matteo, uh, I, I do want to, uh, uh. Uh, echo your wise words from the last tomb we went into uh, and uh, remind everybody, do not touch anything. Ah, thank you for bringing that up, Bastian. A reminder to everyone not to touch anything. But look at this rock I find. (laughs) Do not touch that rock. Come on, what are you doing? (laughs) It is smooth. We're all trying to follow the rule this time. Hopefully, all of us. Yes, all all of us should follow the rule. Why are you looking at me? (laughs) (laughs) I think you know why. I, you, do you not remember? You grabbed the icon and the room flooded. The very first thing you did. There was a lot of water for it being mountains. It was very cold. Yes, all right. Okay, uh, point taken. Don't touch anything. That being said, I walk ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help what my feet touch. <laughs> sure. Uh, so you've got the light. Um, it's torchlight, so it's not great, but um, it's better than nothing. Uh, and you head uh, down. It. It's slow going, mostly because you're being careful. The path uh, down is smooth hewn and uh, very purposely built uh, to make you turn around. 
Um, it is slow uh, and at a very, very slight decline. Um, also, as you go, the ceiling and walls uh, descend um, and become shorter and and the the passage becomes narrower so you're you're basically it's very uh, a very very long pyramid turned on its side that you're walking through right now wash your head capitan this is getting to be very uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> um yeah if it is uh if it is still a straight away um i will continue down okay um so after what seems like a very long time, um, especially for Gutbrand and the captain who have been crouching for a while <laughs> now um, as they as they traverse this tunnel, uh, you you come to a point where it's it's barely four feet tall um, and it's about four feet wide. You, it's basically a square and uh, there is a door that's locked without any sort of indication of where you might find a key. Is there a key hole in, in the door? No. No, no evidence of a place you would put the key or no, even a knob. There is a handle. Sure. And when we try to turn it or wait, I'm not going to touch it, but it (laughs) seems like the only, the only way through this door is if I try to open it. Um, so it's sort of like a safe, uh, door where it's, um, it's like a a lever that turns on like a point um, in sort of like a, a quarter circle, like a ninety degree turn. And this seems stuck. Yeah, uh, it doesn't move from its uh, po- like horizontal position. Well, do we need a key or do we need a secret word? What do you think? Uh, most Sirneth archaeology it is designed for someone who is much bigger than this. Yes. Yes. So. We can, I think, justifiably assume this is not Sirneth. What would open this door? A word? Perhaps. Uh, we have not touched the handle yet, right? I, I believe I tapped on it a bit to try to see if it would turn, and it, it seems stuck in place. If uh, if you want, I can give it a good try. I think that is step one, yes. I attempt to open the door to the best of my abilities. Sure. Uh, so when you actually grab the handle, the door... Like the, the the handle actually begins to glow in sort of like um, runnels uh, and etchings around the handle, and the light gl- grows out. Um, it's like this dull purple light uh, that sort of grows out into the door, um, and the and the words that uh, are made from the glowing uh, are actually in Castilian. Oh, what do they say? It says, "Open if you dare." I do dare, so I try to open. <laughs> Is that the first thing you do? You read something that says open if you dare, and you try to open it? I did specifically say I open this door to the best of my abilities. The door is speaking to him. It's Look, it is in his language, his mother tongue. I have opened the door, if it will let me. Uh, so as you turn the knob, you push and easily walk through. Oh, it's no longer a small square? Uh, you, you step out into a grand room. Are we able to follow? He walks, he like phases through the door. So it doesn't actually open. He's just walking through. Yes, panel. to him it seems Bastian? to open. Bastian? Bastian! He was right here. He has gone. 
Do I still have the torch with me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is dark in here. <laughs> is I am guessing he dared. I think he dared. We know Bastion well enough to know he dared, yes? Sure, that makes <laughs> sense to me. I don't see anywhere else he could go. Well, I might as well try it if he could do it. Um, I do the same thing. I place my hand, my hand on the handle and turn it. Uh, sh- sure. So as you um, reach out and touch it, Again, the runnels run from your hands, uh, and uh, but this time they're they're like a, a like a, a very light, almost white blue color um, that uh, creates uh, letters in the Vestan language. Um, uh, it says, "Dream if you dare." It is telling you something different. What does it say? It tells it told Bastian to open, but it tells uh, Kutbrand to dream. So what? Do I just have to hope for something good on the other side of this door? If you dare? This, believe me, this hurts me more than anything to say, but I don't know. <laughs> that is something I've never heard you say before. I'm going to savor this moment before I try to continue through this door. <laughs> oh, no, come on! Yes, look at that face. <laughs> so not as know. you dream of this, uh, this joy that you have of, of Mateo just simply not knowing... Um, <laughs> The door opens for you, and you step through. Huh? Well, that worked! Oh, come on! See, he's not here anymore. I cannot see anything. No, I, I suppose not. I um, I dig uh, in my uh, undershirt for the uh, the symbol of Patniagre Terra. It, it glows a little bit, yes? A very slight amount. Okay, not not enough. I don't a- think enough for it to be seen in the in the pitch. Well, what do you think? Uh, who goes next? I suppose you. All right, I, I am next in the order. I here's hope we all go to the same place. I lay my hand on the door handle. I put my hand on Mateo's back. Uh, so as you do, um, first, uh, the, the runnels, uh, burn a, a bright red, a hmm. deep red for you. Um, and they say, uh, hope if you dare, um, for just a, spe- just a second, um, before, uh, In what language? In Bodachi. Okay. Um. I can read this one. Uh, and then, um, when, uh. Uh, Captain Kirill puts his hand on um, on your shoulder. It turns a bright, like, orange. Uh, and instead, it says in common, promise if you dare. Hope. Promise. Shall we... Uh, the door could not make up its mind? I think it is telling both of us. Now, you are touching me. I am touching it. What should what do we promise? Uh not to touch anything? Uh, that one is already broken. It is. This is a <laughs> terrible promise. Uh, promise to take what we need and no more? That is a good promise. Yes. We take what we need and no more. Yeah, and with that you are able to open the door and walk through. <clears throat> I'm going to regret that promise. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bastian. Yes. Uh, the room that you uh, enter into is a white room with an ethereal glow to it. 
and um, it's a looks like a very comforting and like warm space. It doesn't have any sort of like the dank and the like bone chilling cold of where you just came from. Ah, see, this isn't so bad. I say, turning around to my friends uh, who are not there. Oh, is the door there? No. Is there's no door? There's there. a wall there. I I touch the wall. It's a wall. It's not going to give? No. Okay. Um, Then I will look around this very nice, comforting, warm room, I mean. Sure. Uh, So as you do, um, you, as you move around, uh, things move, uh, like, are created uh, around you. So you move and uh, to one end and a a bed appears. that looks very comfortable and then you'll move to another spot and a table and chairs and then a a dueling dummy and then a a shooting range um, and on and on as you move around the room in a circle Um, in the center the only thing that's stationary is a well Um, I suppose I will look down the well I'm going to try not to uh, things appearing out of the ground are quite startling to me so I'm going to try and go towards the thing that does not seem to appear when I go close to it sure Um, so the well is uh, just a circle of rocks uh, white rocks just like this white room Uh, and looking down into the blackness is nothing you can't it's just a well then it seems to go down for a very long time. It seems to go down for a very long time. Um, I did not see a door when I was walking around this room, right? No did door it, appeared. Did it have other walls? Was it contained or did, could do I wander forever? Uh, no, no. There, it's like a large room. It's not It's not a forever room. It. It seems to be contained. You haven't like at least thus far, like run your hands along every single inch of every wall to see if there's a door, but uh, there's not one that's apparent to you. Sure. Um, in that case, I will uh, go over to the well and I don't know, flip a coin down it and see how far it seems to go. Okay. Roll um, notice and wits. I only got one race. I do have a remainder. <laughs> <laughs> you hear nothing. Okay. Um, is this my only torch? I mean, I assume we come prepared. I assume I have other sources of light beyond this torch. Yeah. You, if you came prepared, then you have what your pack would entail. Okay. Then in that case, I will drop the torch down the, the well and watch how far the light goes. It goes about six feet and then you cannot see it anymore. No sound of water or anything down there? No. Okay. And the room had a bed, a training dummy... A shooting range, uh, but nothing for me to like open, no like wardrobes or, or dressers or anything like that. No. Whew. All right. Um, I suppose I will tie some rope around the base of this well and uh, uh, try it and make sure it's nice and sturdy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to slowly descend down this well. Okay. There was like no writing on like the ceiling or on the trim of the room. There was nothing. no writing. Okay. Just making sure I did not miss any, any hints. So, uh, Gudbrand. Gudbrand is here. Um, Hopefully still here after going through that strange door. You go through the door and uh, Bastion is not in front of you. And the door is no longer behind you. Uh, You're in a violet 
um, sort of like illuminated room. It's as if the the room was white, but with like a, a purple light. Um, it's uh, comforting um, and, and very soothing. And uh, there's uh, nothing in this room. It's just an empty room? It, it appears to be that way. And are uh, is, is are there walls? Is it? Yes, it's a it's a relatively large room. Sure, um, I walk out and uh, start to explore it. Sure. See, see if there are any uh, crevices or perhaps secret doors that I should be looking for. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, as you walk around, uh, a number of things sort of appear around you as you get closer as if there's there was like a a bubble around you that like as the bubble sort of like encompassed the thing it began to appear Hmm. Uh, so you pass by uh, a cot and um like a like a cooking setup like a pot over a fire um and a chair there's also a writing desk um, and uh, there's also uh, a little bread oven. Hmm. Is there bread in the oven currently? Doesn't look like it. Hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. Um, I look around. Are there any uh, presses or anything for me to, like, pans? Uh, nothing but what you brought with you. Sure. Uh, and I... And the furniture that seemed to appear. So, like... The, you know, the cot and the writing desk and... Uh, are there uh, supplies to make bread with? No. Um, well, I have my bread pans. I get them set up. I have an idea of what to do. Uh, I suppose I have still a little bit of uh, my own flour left. Uh, is there a source of water somewhere? Not that you saw, except for that pot over the flames. Sure. Uh, look inside the pot. Is it uh, boiling water? Yes. Uh, is there a cup? Not not that you see. I'll take a risk. I'll uh, try to stick my hand in the pot to pull some water out in a cup. Like cup, cup my hands inside. Uh, okay. If it seems to continue to be unbearably hot, I'm not going to like keep my hands in there just thinking it's <laughs> going to get better. Sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you reach your hands through, um, and uh, there's it just looks like boiling water. There's actually no pot there at all. There's mm. no fire, but even though you feel sort of the warmth coming off of it, uh, it it is just seeming, apparently. Interesting. But the uh, uh, the oven is stable enough to like for me to touch to open and. Uh, you haven't tried. Did you? Oh, I tried to put my pens on top of it. Oh, uh, no, your pans wouldn't settle. Oh, interesting. So everything is an illusion. Uh, the cot, is it the same thing? No. The cot is actually apparently there? Yes. I lay down on the cot for a moment. Okay. Is it comfortable? Relatively. Uh, I roll off and I move to, to the there's a writing desk, you mm-hmm. said? Uh, is there any paper, any ink? Uh, there's an inkwell um, and a quill. Can I, I, I try to write with the pen? Uh, it too, uh, your hand just passes through it. I go back to the bed. It's the only thing that actually seems like it's there, correct? Yes. Are there sheets on the bed? Uh, there's a blanket at the folded at the foot of it. Okay, I lay on the bed again, unfold the blanket over top of me. Okay. 
I pull the blanket over my head. Mm-hmm. Does anything happen? It's darker now because uh, you're covered in a blanket. Sure. Well, the dark uh, begins to soothe me. I start to relax and uh, slowly fall asleep. Okay. Uh, Captain Kirill and Mateo, uh, you find yourselves in a room that is made seemingly from onyx. Uh, It is black. It is shiny. And uh, there seems to be nothing in it. It's a relatively large room. Um, It's illuminated with um, some sort of um, anti-light. The things that are like light colored sort of glow and the things that are dark colored don't appear at all. Uh, That like you're wearing. Good brand, Bastion. Doesn't seem to be anyone here other than you two. Ah, Ah, yes. Uh, We were touching when we went through. Maybe the rule should have been touch everything. I touched the floor. (laughs) It's a little cool to the touch. It's certainly not um, like ice cold. It it's it's not remarkable in any way. Is is it onyx or does it just look like onyx? Um, it is a flat black shiny rock. You could assume it was onyx. And I do. <laughs> I feel along walls for any doorways or markings. Good idea. Kirill, as you um, make your way along the room, you actually find a section, a very small section that is recessed. Um, that it only appears that the wall uh, continues, but in fact, uh, there's a passage behind it. Hmm. Matteo, there is something behind the wall here. Oh, an exit? I don't know. Uh, I go over and investigate what he indicates. Uh, so it looks like uh, if you peer through the wall, uh, or the hole in the wall, which is from floor to ceiling, um, that there is another piece of wall that's uh, recessed back just a little bit so that there's walking space in between uh, and it looks like it goes around again and there's two hallways going down on either side of that part of the wall. Uh, let us stick together for now but we go one way first and maybe try the other. Sounds good. Um, so uh, you go to the right and this room is illuminated with a hundred thousand gold pieces. <laughs> well, I think we have found what we are looking for. But the promise. <laughs> what is a promise? <laughs> <laughs> well, people have argued, philosophers and moralists. We promise not to take more than we need. I need to pay crew. I need to make repairs on iceberg. Uh, I need to live comfortably for the rest of my days. <laughs> you seem hesitant. Oh, what Bastion said, maybe it got to me a little bit. <laughs> That's my impulsiveness, and maybe you agreed in a little kind of way. Might have almost gotten us all killed the last time. It makes me, yes, hesitant. Bastion, if it is wrong to take some of this gold, please speak up now. I don't happen to hear them, do I? (laughs) Uh, You don't. Well, Galatas said that 
one another would be our worst enemies in here, and I certainly wouldn't want to fight you about this. I would not want to have to kill you about this either. <laughs> so, uh... I, I I dip my hand into a, like a pile of gold coins and try to pick up a handful of them. You do. I will do a similar thing. Not pocket yet, but test. You you pick them up. <laughs> Tell me what to do, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the key is under all these golds. <laughs> there is only one way to find out. What would have happened if we had just gone left? (laughs) We can go and find out. We certainly have enough money to do it. I leave gold for now. Being very suspicious. I... Any Osuran coming upon a windfall like this. (laughs) I tip the the gold in my hand out and follow... Reluctantly follow Captain Kirill. I poke my head back around. Gold, we will be right back. <laughs> you stay right there. Uh, okay, so you guys leave the gold behind. For now. <laughs> uh, and you go over to the left? Yes. Yes. Um, as you do, uh, the room is illuminated with sil- a silver light. Um, and uh, on seven plinths, uh, at the end of the room are seven glowing artifacts. Well, this is less interesting than the gold. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the only thing these things are good for is turning into gold. And there is real gold right back there. <laughs> On these plinths is a scroll, a ring with a giant sapphire. A crown, a coin, uh, a necklace of diamond, a pair of shoes, and a silver ribbon. Does this particular collection of objects have any significance that I know from my studies? Not really. Uh, Nothing specific. There's not really like a list of, of imbued objects there. Almost anything can be magical or just... Important. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I go up and I like, uh, like rushing from from one to another. I like examine them closely and and like look at them, not knowing which one to start with. Capitano, this this room is too strong for me. With a mix of curiosity and boredom, I read scroll. Uh, you cannot. You don't speak the language. There is no more boredom. Wait. Capitano, what do you have there? I run over to read the scroll. <laughs> I don't know. I cannot read it. Uh, it is a Serenith uh, scroll um, in in old, like one of the most archaic Serenith um, dialects you've ever read. It's hard to even understand. Right. In other words, it would take me weeks to translate. Um, Captain, just so you know, the jewels that are in the necklace and the ring and the crown um, and even the ribbon, which looks like it's made of liquid silver, um, not mercury, but like actual silver that's actually liquid. (laughs) Um, They're the brightest, clearest, most superbly cut gems you've ever seen. Mm. And they're quite big. Maybe this room is not total loss. Capitano? 
This hurts me to say even more than admitting my ignorance before. But I think this room is trying to test me. The poem, the poem, it said the, the icons paired together show the path on which good men shall go. Good men, they do not promise and then immediately break promise. <laughs> you do have point. The pairs promise the truth to see. I don't think these are real. That's the more important thing. I don't think they're, I think they're worthless, actually. I, I think they might be illusions. <laughs> <laughs> they feel real, do they? They definitely feel real. Just like the gold felt real. I think there is a reason uh, so few people have come back. Now that you met, we've not seen any skeleton, anything. No. Oh. If people have come in here, they have most definitely taken something from here. This seems likely. And then they didn't come back. So they say. All right, this we explore more. I suppose if things here are real and gold is real, it will be here for us to take on the way out. They will stay here. You will stay here, I say to all the artifacts. We leave this room as we left the gold room. Can I just be honest? I take off pirate hat. I put on crown. <laughs> Would this be too much? <laughs> I, I fidget around for a moment and I want to take it. But mm. Yes, it's too much. It's okay. too much. The hat, the hat looks good on you. It suits you. Okay, maybe on way out. I put crown back. I put hat on. I've never wanted to covet something more in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I back out of the room, uh, never turning my back on the, uh, the artifacts. <laughs> I will usher you the rest of the way out of the room. Mm. And back into <laughs> Strain's black chamber. So as you back out of the room, uh, you step out into total darkness. Mm. And that's where we'll end our session. (laughs) We are very much in the dark. (laughs) This podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions. All rights reserved. The Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by John Wick Presents. 7C is a trademark of John Wick Presents. For more information, go to www.johnwickpresents.com.